Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with a fellow actor or artist from the wonderful Orlando Central Florida arts community. We watch an episode of The Facts of Life, and then I hit record and we talk about the show and anything else that we feel like. This week, my guest is Joy Anderson. I do not work with Joy. I have never worked with Joy, and I, I don't know her. She's just a random person who wandered into my house, and I said, hey, let's do a podcast. Um, actually, she is a fellow theme park worker. She is uh, an amazing comedian, funny lady, actress, singer, dancer, a former Rockette, and she and I have known each other socially through other common actor friends, and it just seemed like I, I had to get her over here because I genuinely wanted to hang with her and actually get to know her a little bit better, and we had so much fun. We went on so many tangents. I, I had over three hours of raw footage. Like, the outtakes exceed the actual show in length. I As soon as I finish recording this, I've got to tackle that monster of how to pare that down and what to share with you and and what is not appropriate to share. <laughs> Anyhow, Joy and I watched season three, episode 10, entitled Cousin Jerry Returns. The original air date was December 30th, 1981. And I think we're ready to jump on in for the final episode broadcast in 1981. Let's face the facts with Joy Anderson. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. You may stand as you applaud. Joy Anderson! <laughs> welcome, darling. Hi. So good to have you here. Nice to be here. You and I are peripheral friends, but we've never really hung out before. No, never. We have the same uh, hairstylist, it turns out. We do, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, my sister. <laughs> I know, it was awesome. Uh, and I couldn't believe, like, I, I didn't even make the connection until we were at Target. And I'm yeah. like, wait, okay, wait, I did know that, but yeah. Joy doesn't use her brain for any of that. Well, when I, I ran into you and our mutual friend, Allison, the yes. wonderful Allison Fisher, and as my sister approached, my brain went, oh, I need to introduce her to these actress friends of mine. And I actually had to do the thing of, that's Joy Anderson, that's, that's Allison Allison. Fisher. I do have okay. the names right, right, right using my aged shuffle brain and as she approached you and she were like Hi! Oh my gosh. and i'm like how do you she knows way too much about me uh oh <laughs> <laughs> she knows she... way too much because she's kind of like you know when you're a hairstylist you're kind of hairstylist uh, slash psychologist uh, slash yes. best friend slash i can tell you anything because really who are you going to tell and who really cares about my personal life <laughs> Except your brother, who I may oh, work with yeah, someday. Okay. Fuck. Oh, yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> this is actually not the first podcast that you've done. I know. It's kind of crazy. What I, I don't even like listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And and I I was asked to do one a couple months ago, which the was kind of awesome. Wonderful. Sarah Hanchars. Hi. I think you're nice. <gasps> Hi. And nice. I, yeah. I recommend everybody listen to it because your stories are so funny fucking hilarious really you oh, are delightful they're my stories so they're like they're like they're boring know, to you they are i try to i try to make them more did you listen to the show i, I 
I listened halfway through and then I got bored with myself. Oh, girl. But I really, I should go back and listen. Okay. I'm just, I'm very busy and I think I'm very ADD and I can't focus on one thing, you know, yeah. for long enough to complete it. That yeah. just sounds kind of dirty and weird, but... <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm the same way. So um, this show, The Facts of Life, you have a familiarity with it. You watched I it, do, you were I, saying. I did. I'm not a huge TV watcher, to mm-hmm. be honest. And even as a kid, I wasn't... Um, I was that kid that had to run around outside, and I was that kid that had shin splints because I w- was just running. Mm-hmm. And I was that kid that, you know, um, I couldn't have the brown pop because I would sleepwalk. My no. mother My mother called it the brown <gasps> pop. Yeah, well, I think, the, did, didn't we, I think I talked about that on the other podcast. Did you? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I don't, maybe not. I, I don't no. remember that part of the my podcast. My mother didn't know. My mom, my mom and dad and my two sisters were all from Denmark. I'm the only one in my family born in this country. Oh. And my mom didn't know that there was caffeine in soda or oh. pop, as we called it in pop. the Midwest. So, so the brown pop. pop. So whenever we'd go, we'd go to a party and, and they, my mom would always say, just don't give Joy the brown pop. And, and they were like, don't give Joy the brown pop. She, yeah, she can have the clear, but she can't have the brown. And my mom didn't know why, but it was because brown pop had caffeine in oh, it. Oh, sure. And it would make me sleepwalk. Oh, so it was like yeah, ambient. So I was a, yeah, I was a hyper kid. I was that kid that, you know, phrase for my childhood is sit still. <laughs> so, I, so in essence, I wasn't one of those people or one of those kids that sat down for any length of time to watch TV. TV, yeah. But you this were... was one of the shows that I that I kind of I it was like, oh, this is on. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, the it. comments you made during our screening, you you had a clear familiarity and and yeah, the point characters. of view about some of the characters. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, tell. Let's well, share those all again. Right. Well, my favorite character is Joe. Joe. I loved her because I I love that she was sharp witted. Mm-hmm. I love that she just said it like it was. Mm-hmm. I love that she was she was beautiful, but she downplayed her beauty. I love that she she was kind of the I felt like she was the grounded one of, of all of them. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I wanna be like her. Yeah. And I fucking hated Blair. Yeah, you I fucking were. I really hated You had I a hated very, her. very visceral negative yeah. reaction to Blair. I didn't and this is a bad Blair episode. This is a really oh, bad she's not show for nice. her. Yeah. This I, one we watched. Yeah. It was Oof. A- but yeah, you know, and then, because she had that nice little talking and how she talks and her hair doesn't move because there's so much hairspray. <laughs> there's and, a little bit. And she's like, I'm so pretty all the time. And, and her pitch was there was a lot yeah. of high pitched. Don't you understand what's going on here? Yeah. I don't believe like there's yeah. a lot of the inflection that is not her most pleasant. No. Of, and, and it, yeah, yeah. Mm. and it reeks of I'm 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 the best that there is. On yeah. There. And then the other characters, I just think, are funny, yeah. and and they are themselves. Where she just feels she feels very phony to me. Yeah, and that's like by her. design. The thing Absolutely, is, but the I hated her. <laughs> and you are entitled to. You're entitled to have your opinions, and I you're have not my alone. Hate. My hate is internal. Your hate <laughs> is justified. In the Facts of Life cinematic universe, or the FOLCU, as I call it. Oh, okay. The overarching thing with Blair is that she is surface she is vain yeah and she is certainly privileged and often takes that privilege for granted but when the chips are down she always is there for her friends for all the insults that she hurls at joe when joe has had moments of distress or need there has never been a second guessing blair's instantaneous turn was i'm defending my friend Oh. So she's the kind of the bitch with the heart of gold 
We just didn't really give her much of an... Are really those characters in real life? No, this is a complete sitcom trope. (laughs) Complete. Yeah. And to me... This is real to me, Damon. It's so real I have to live out. (laughs) Is it? I can't deal anymore. I went to Eastland School. I wore those pleated skirts. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Which we didn't really get a lot of, actually. We didn't get a lot of the uniforms because this was a weekender of a show. We had Blair in her pink robe... Uh, yeah, she was like dowdy. Yeah, I I was surprised if she didn't have like pink matching high heel shoes to I walk know, with around. marabou on the toes. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> right, it was it was a little darling. Yeah, little exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, th- there there were some fashion fails all over the place oh, throughout the show, throughout well, the series, throughout the. Everything. Are we gonna Are we gonna touch on that? We are. We're going to girl. Um, you said you loved how Joe was always just disgusted with the others. Yeah, she just, uh, every shot of her is her crinkling her eyebrow like, what the fuck are you saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call you out on what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. That's basically her character. Yeah. I would love to play a character. Oh, wait. I, I do, do play that in my <laughs> real life. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's begin with the uh, structure of this show. Is that... First of all, we watched the show, and the title was called Cousin Jerry Returns. This was season three, episode 10. Mm. So we're in the third how many year. Epi- how many episodes in a season um, normally? Typically 22. Okay, so we're halfway ish, through the season. 22. Okay. So yeah, we're about halfway through, and uh, and we're at the end of the year, too. That's also how you know. Uh, this was originally broadcast December the 30th of right. 81. So we are... 1982 is nigh, just days away here. There it is. And um, at the beginning of uh, of this, before we get into talking about the nuts and bolts of the plot and stuff, right. I always ask my guests, forgive me for putting you on the spot, would you please synopsize this episode in just one sentence, oh. maybe two? Think of what you might see as the listing in the TV guide for that week. Wow, Joy Anderson. I have to, I have to do the go. T- wait the TV guide version, or it, or would, or would sti- this be like well, Joy? What's this show about? <laughs> Blair's <laughs> you, a bitch, and I fucking Blair, hate her. <laughs> no, Blair's inappropriate, and people set her straight. That people with with some sort of um, uh, disability d- disability. That's the word um, we use now, not the word they use uh, no. on the show. <laughs> right. No. But but that everybody everybody's human and everybody everybody should have a chance at at failing and winning at whatever whatever uh happens along their path beautiful that's all that needs to oh my be God, there. i totally feel like i passed yeah you totally passed <laughs> okay, that was good. the correct answer okay, good. you passed um so let's uh let's start getting into this because okay. now this is uh, you have you've come to this saying, David. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what I'm I watching. Know. I don't know what's expected of me. I don't know what I expect of you. <laughs> and I was just like, "Girl, I've I got know. you." I'm a perfectionist. I like to have. I yeah, like to I, know what I'm in for, but I also like the, the danger of not knowing. <laughs> so, uh, we let's begin the episode here. Um, we begin the episode as they have begun so so many episodes with the lazy device of we're preparing for an event. So there's busy work and things for people to be doing. So that's and why you have to have way too many bread, bread, Mrs. Garrett phallic bread things with with phallic bread with Mrs. Garrett yeah. because all she thinks about is sex. That's it's, really it, this she, is she's a, got a problem. They're they're all horny as hell <laughs> in this are, episode. Really, all, all of them. them. 
Yeah. Except so, for except for Joe, she's like, "What is wrong with you?" People? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's she's the grounded one and of all of them. She's newly single. She should be. She's she's only been single for a few episodes. She oh, had a, really? A boy that she Eddie, a sailor that she was oh, engaged Eddie. to. Now now she's uh, taking she and here taking time apart. So Joe is single. And so, she rides a motorcycle. She does. And I, uh, like I vaguely remember that too, and somehow that was kind of cool. But it's I so don't cool. Know. Um, but what they are preparing for, Mrs. Garrett bursting into the room with an armful of baguettes all over her, covering her face. Because everybody only eats baguettes at parties. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but apparently this is a, um, this is a party that has a French theme. Yes. And Blair is helping to plan it because Blair often speaks French when I think the writers are also lazy and want to make her sound more educated, more rich. And uh-huh. uh, and when they have nothing to rely on but ideas from Miss Piggy is what I always say. <laughs> Miss Piggy is the only other character I can think of Mwah! that would say, yeah. oh, you just don't understand the joie de vivre. That's yeah. important. And, and no sooner do we learn about this party being planned than Cousin Jerry arrives. Cousin Jerry comes in. Yeah. And so uh, the episode's called Cousin Jerry Returns. And here she is returning within 30 seconds it's like, wow. Usually they kind of pad the beginning a little bit before the thrust of the episode. And what is she returning from? The she, first episode where the, she was introduced? Or yeah. the first time? Yeah. She had been... Yeah. It's not her returning from somewhere. It's her returning to Eastland. R- R- right. Because so. she is the first ever actress with a physical disability that was ever featured on a network television show first one huh? first one ever and that's because she was a stand-up comedian and yeah her they she was brought to the attention of norman lear because he saw her do her stand-up oh. which was all cerebral right. palsy centric right. and um so with this they she's playing a role that is essentially herself but she's blair's cousin and so she is here and everyone's all oh she's here the rising star right so, but they do mention that she is headlining at, at headlining at the Browns Hotel. The Browns, it's like, okay. And she says, "Yeah, I'll get a lot of stage time in between the famous people." And it's like, well, if you're the headliner, you're <laughs> wait, not. Wait, something's rotten here. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like no, the headliner the, is is the, not the head. It's not the one. The host isn't it the host in stand up world. Isn't it called? Yeah. So why does somebody not know how the stand up world? What works? these these are middle aged vaudevillian writers oh. that we have here. That I, I swear that's what they are. Um, and then um, when Jerry says that it turns out that there was some confusion with the booking, they thought she was opening that night, which was the same night as the party, which means she couldn't go to the party and the right. girls couldn't go to see her perform. She says, no, I actually don't open till Monday. Yeah. Who opens Monday? Who op- Thank you. Who opens Who on Monday? opens a stand-up comedy show at a hotel? No, wait. Theaters are dark on Monday. Yeah. Are these people off? <laughs> Theater. <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more. Thank you. Oh, my you, gosh. You, I can't you believe my you caught that. You are that on my so wavelength. Sharp. Um, that was scientific sharp. It was, <laughs> and that's how deep <laughs> and microscopic I go with this. It's, okay. a, it's an illness. It's, it's it is an a, illness. Yeah, okay. um, so because of that, she's like, well, I'm free tonight. And so someone says, well, why don't you come to the party? And Blair very immediately is like, 
Oh. Embarrassed. Yeah. She's embarrassed. Right yeah. Now? yeah. And um, fold this corner over in the okay. missed opportunities. Okay. Um, so Blair is not thrilled. And then uh, when she says, oh, I could do it, but, you know. Uh, and, and Jerry says, okay, cool. And Blair tries to put on her best face and says, oh, of course. Well, tonight we're going to paint the town rouge. That's a typical Blair putting in a French word to be nice. sassy and uh, continental or whatever. Then Mrs. Garrett takes Jerry into the kitchen for whatever reason. And while they're gone, Blair is like, this is terrible. This is awful. And they're like, why? And she says, Jerry can't go. She doesn't have a date. Yeah, nobody can go single anywhere. Yeah. Doesn't anybody know that? Being single is the worst disability yeah. a person can suffer from. <laughs> Um, oh, I've been disabled for 10 years. <laughs> Very quickly, Natalie and Tootie step in and are like, well, maybe we could find a date for her then if that's so important. And then Blair starts in with, maybe we could fix her up with that senior boy from Bates. You know, the one in the wheelchair. What is that? And Joe beautifully being her. What, what was it you were saying you loved about? You she loved was Joe? blunt. That she just, she, she, just she took no like, shit from anybody. Yeah. She was just like pointing out your shit and saying, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? What yeah. are you saying? And in this case, it was, do you hear what you say or do you just open your mouth and talk? Is what she says. It was just right. beautiful. Um, so while this is all going on, we cut to the kitchen where Mrs. Garrett and Jerry are just hanging out. And in comes the French teacher, the male uh-huh. French teacher. <laughs> the only man in the... Whole episode. Exactly. Because uh, that is ha, ha, ha. And he shows up and says, oh, Mrs. Garrett, uh, we're trying to arrange the party and uh, we don't have a punch bowl. And so she says, oh, okay, I'll help you. I have a punch bowl. So she gets up on a ladder, like on a step oh, ladder. Yeah. And he sort of puts his hands kind of around her waist. Yeah, and all of a sudden she's horny. And all of a sudden she's all... She's like, oh, <laughs> That's so Mrs. She's, Garrett. She like needs a fan. And she's she's maybe having a hot flash or something. I don't know what's happened. But oh, oh. and then everybody gets a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You you were you were saying earlier we've we've unfortunately been enjoying each other's company and talking during the episode. Oh, that, and now yeah. I'm th- I'm sitting here lit and going, did we say this already or is this something know. we You're said before? You're going to have to listen to it later. You made the comment about how horny everybody Everybody's is. Everybody's horny. This, and I said, this doesn't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't know what that was. No, what is the Bechdel test? Uh, the Be- Alison Bechdel. She's the one who wrote the graphic novel that Fun Home is based on. Oh. So she's the lesbian writer, I guess activist, you could right, also right. say. Right. But one of her comic strips... Uh, called Dykes to Watch Out For. The criteria, I'm, I'm looking this up on Wikipedia. I'll, yeah. I'll um, post this comic strip on, on my website here. Oh. Um, the movie has to have at least two women in it. Uh, the two women have to talk to each other. <laughs> and they have to talk to each other about something besides a man. Oh, God, yeah. And it, and it is astounding how few films particularly when this came about, which was in 1985. Back to the thing of 
the amount of horny and talking about men and Natalie. Natalie and, and... Natalie was in estrus, I swear. She was she really was, needing some medication or she, something. She was like about ready to pull down her panties and show her bubblegum baboon butt. <laughs> she was like crazy. Yeah. Um, Get those little... <laughs> no. But see, now, I, as I remember it as a kid, I remember them being very, very young. Yeah. And, and like, like looking at it now, I'm like, they're a bunch of horny women that are just like... Like swooning over this man. They're they're teenagers. Yeah. Get to give you to bring you up to speed. Everyone knows I obsess over the ages of the girls. Okay. Because often the show gets it wrong. Okay. But right now in this season, yeah. Blair and Joe are seventeen. They are juniors right. in high school. Okay. Natalie is fifteen, but she is a sophomore, and Tootie is fourteen. She's a freshman. So they are high school girls, all of them. They're high school girls. Horny high school and girls. And Mrs. Garrett is like setting the example for, you know, a man helps you up like a stepladder and, oh, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I'm wet. <laughs> I do a bad Mrs. Garrett impression every okay, episode. Okay, okay go And I, I usually have to invite my guests to join me in doing their bad Mrs. Garrett impression, but. Oh, girls. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's bad. I, I can't it. do it. No, that's it. That's why I say you are welcome to do your bad Charlotte. Right? I'm so wet. <laughs> Unspoken dialogue. He touched it's me it. on the waist. <laughs> but it's all is about it, the vibrato. Is it right? Is it in the... See, I'll, I'll go into Catherine Hepburn. You do. You but... do. do you do Catherine Hepburn? Oh, yes. Of course. Oh, Spencer would oh. always love it when I would do... You know, talk about him in public. Boa, boa, boa. But yes, she was really horny. Nat, there were there were a couple of one-liners of well, Natalie. Yeah, we'll we'll get to them actually. Okay. We're about to. We haven't. Natalie hasn't met him yet. Oh, are so, we still in like the first shot? We, of we are in like the first two minutes of this episode. <laughs> So um, his name, uh, so while Mrs. Garrett is, Mrs. Garrett can um, gather her bearings from her dampness to remember to turn. Her nipples were pressing (laughs) out of her, that purple shirt. (laughs) She was. That was the (laughs) bing that you heard. And then she goes, oh. Let Joanna (laughs) work. And then she turns and says, oh, um, Jerry, this is our French teacher, Mr. Palmer. So. She introduces them and it's like, hello. And it is interesting how, like you say, the, the, the celebrity component. He's, she's met Michael Jackson. She's headlining at the Browns Hotel right. in Peekskill, New York. And yet, Mr. Palmer, Michael Palmer is his name, yeah. instantaneously says, oh my God, I know you. You're a comedian. You're hilarious. I've seen you uh, somewhere on TV. And um, he goes, you're a comedian. Mrs. Garrett, Charlotte Ray, will sometimes have the oddest line deliveries oh, and it, the yeah. oddest accents. And I think you caught on. You heard me react to when he says, you're a comedian. And she turns and says, yes, she's a wonderful comedian. <laughs> she pushes <What>? wonderful <laughs> so hard. <laughs> She was like all up in his face yeah. too. Do you see? She's it? like quickly trying to match make here, though. Though I'm surprised she didn't think like, "Bitch, get out!" I, this guy had his hands on me. This is she my didn't turn. care because we're in the era now where men are most important. We've forgotten they this are. overall. And thankfully, consent did not 
exist until about three years ago. So he could have he could have probably done it with both of them. <laughs> is, is that her climaxing? Is that how Charlotte Ray? It was wonderful. <laughs> is he a good lover, Mrs. Gap? He's, He's a wonderful lover. <laughs> I can tell by his hands. <laughs> And so she says, um, yes, she's a wonderful comedian. You probably saw her on the Mike Douglas show. And he was, and she corrects her. Jerry corrects Mrs. Garrett and says it was actually Merv Griffin, which were both like the yes. two top afternoon talk shows. God, I... So they had to get both of the names in? Is that what you think was happening? I, I think they thought to themselves, you know what? In 38 years or so, this middle-aged queen is probably going to be watching it with his friends in Orlando. So let's put in references to all of the things from his childhood just to make him go, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They planned that out so they did early just out. for you. They did. These middle-aged vaudevillian so writers knew this I was coming. Mine. And then he says he saw her on a telethon. Didn't she say it was, it was the... Oh. Um, or she said... Someone said they saw me on television. They said I might get my own, I might even get my own telethon. Right, right. I could have my own Jerry's kids. Waka waka. Um, <laughs> no. Whatever it was. And then we all awkwardly laugh in yeah. our homes. Ooh. And then and then Ooh. Jerry even says it was a joke. <laughs> Obviously not one of my better ones. <laughs> and you laughed so hard because it was like mm-hmm. well spot there's, on. There's funny in truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, so. Mrs. Garrett assumes one of Blair's catchphrases and says, I'm about to have one of Blair's and speaking it in no way, shape or form the way Blair has ever said it. She says, I have one of Blair's brilliant ideas or whatever she does. <laughs> it's like, I have said all along, Mrs. Mrs. Garrett, Charlotte Ray is amazing when she's in nurturing maternal motherly mode. Yeah. I'm, her comedic choices are often Not broad and oh. questionable, even in a sitcom format. There, there's. Mm, I'm finding more questions and answers as well, I revisit well, all these. Yeah, well, she's had a couple of lines where you're like, "Ouch!" Yeah. Maybe they should have done a retake. Yeah, you. Yeah, she. She seems to really push it hard. We need, we like need she a line leans. reading. We need somebody to. Yeah, she yeah. she'll lean awfully hard into the laugh, or she'll do. So many people have been on this show and said, "Is is she flirting with that guy? Is she flirting?" And I've realized, no, it's just that Charlotte Ray will deliver a joke, and while she holds for the laugh, she'll bat her eyes and purse <laughs> her lips, and I'm oh. filling the space. Yeah, and, and well, then you got that shimmery voice, which makes you sound like you're, you know, a little bit of a yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a little. It's yeah. So a lot of people are like. Does she want to fuck that teacher? Does she want to? <laughs> and it's like, no, that's just the way Mrs. Garrett. No, acts. I, I prefer to think of it as Mrs. Garrett really wants to fuck the <laughs> okay. characters. You, it makes her much more interesting. It, I it makes couldn't her agree a little more. more real. But but was she trying to like make fun of Blair? Is she uh, trying? No, I think to... she's just trying to mimic. Like that was Blair will often say. She would just stop and just go. Oh. And the way Blair says, she goes, I just had one of my brilliant ideas. She would just kind of lean to the R. Right, right, right. A little bit. Like, it's not, again, it's one of those, it's like she's trying to mimic subtlety, and I don't think that's in her wheelhouse. (laughs) Uh, But the deal is, her brilliant idea is, Jerry is there with her car. She says, um, Mr. Palmer is borrowing this punch bowl and a whole bunch of other things. Why don't you throw them in your car and head on over there? 
and help him transport the stuff. Great, cool. Well, then um, he mentions the party and says, are you coming? And she says, well, yeah, actually, I'm gate crashing just at the last minute. I'm going to be there. So he says, do you have a date? And she's like, do I need one? And perfect opening. He's like, "Uh, yes, you do. And clearly this is my place to help you out. And and this very nice Nicely, yeah. Nicely well done and not him being too goofy or too smarmy or macho macho or anything like that. Yeah. I I said mercho as you said smarmy. Well, she means. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Just call it. It's a Swedish word. It's a Swedish. Um, We cut back to the dining room. The girls are still like, well, maybe we could get that toothless hobo out of the gutter to take Jerry to this dance. (laughs) They're trying. Why why are people trying to do things for somebody else? I I mean, they feel like people have this need. Just in life in general, they feel like when somebody, when somebody is by themselves, they need to yeah. find somebody for them because you're not nearly as good by yourself. I, honestly, I'm at the point where I've been single long enough that I would welcome people trying to fix me up. Yeah, nobody ever fixes me up. I think they're no. afraid. Gay, gay people don't. We don't. Culturally, don't, no. gay people do not really fix don't. each other up. That is something I... Well, my straight friends don't. So, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Most of my friends are gay. <laughs> ah, there it is. Then Jerry and Mr. Palmer come into the cafeteria. I forget why they're not leaving out the door on the other side, but they come in at which point it's like, oh, hey, Mr. Palmer. He's their French teacher. He's part of the party. At which point Natalie comes over and says, hi, Mr. Well, Palmer. I'm she's Natalie. 15. She's 15. She's like, hi, next semester, you're mine. My French teacher, I mean. But Natalie's being all... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's being like oh, really. She's, yeah, like right, right here. It's she's ready. being Mrs. Mrs. Garrett at a young age, <laughs> they, they, right? They have a Mrs. Garrett's a bad influence, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like oh, that's how I'm supposed to. Yeah, behave. so Natalie and Natalie is typically the boy crazy one anyway. So it's a little, it, it's fairly on brand for her to be. Yeah, she's but she always does that and then has that. <laughs> yeah, that nice and smile. um and she does she does have a, a funny line she still is such an inexperienced performer even in season 3 she still catch her uh, trying to keep from smiling at her own joke oh later when she's mad at the teacher and he comes over and says you know oh, she has oh, to walk in front of him yeah she when he walk- says oh uh, you know he says hey natalie and como allez-vous? and she looks at him and says aquí se habla espanol and walks past All him right. and she's and you can see her at herself. you can see her trying to <laughs> fighting it fighting it <laughs> But she's better than she used to be. She's she's come a long way in these three seasons, absolutely. Okay, so then the time comes for some reason that Mr. Palmer has to leave. I don't remember why he came into the cafeteria just to exit, but upon exiting... Because you need a man in every scene, dude. Yeah. Oh, to... you know what? I know why. It is because the girls say, oh, Jerry, we were just trying to find someone to go to you at the dance. She's like, oh, oh Mike is taking me to the dance. And they're all... What? Mike? Whoa. He's our teacher. He doesn't have a first name. What? (laughs) 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 So so I think it's just to create that moment and her kind of being on his arm. Right. Sort of a thing. Well, then he leaves. He gives her a very lovely romantic kiss on the hand. And then Natalie thrusts her hand in his face looking for some She's of the... a little hobag, She wants a little she? sloppy seconds on what that hand that? kissing. Yeah. And then he Doesn't shakes it. Care. And he, thankfully, he appropriately says, hi, you're 15, I'm shaking yeah. your hand. And 
you're not even my student. Yeah, because you know that that cousin is 23. She's 23. We have stated explicitly. How old Blair... is he? I wonder. Him? Oh, I don't wonder how I old he is. I didn't look that up. Uh, Lou Richards was born September 3rd, 1951. <gasps> so he would be exactly 30 years old. So she's 23 and he's 30. 23 and he's 30. That's that's perfectly fine. So then he is gone. Then Jerry is gone. Mrs. Garrett is gone. And now Blair basically lowers the boom. This is terrible. He's going to take advantage of her. She's a terrible example of judgmental whore bitch. Oh, wait a minute. No, she's on his side Not right in now. this scene. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, what? Yeah. No, actually, no. Doesn't she say, doesn't, and then Blair says that, she likes the fact that they're going because she says he's suave, intelligent. Oh right, yeah. She bo- boasts yeah. everything about him. She thinks he's amazing. So she thinks he's good oh, in right. so far as a suitable date right. for this one event. Correct. Um, so it's all good in this at this point. At this point in the show, in the context <clears throat> of the show, and then we move on to the final scene of the first act before we go to commercial. Mm. So we're in the kitchen. Mrs. Garrett is in her bright purple nightgown, looking very lovely, actually. She always wears a lot of purple. What's up with that? I don't know. It's her color. And this scene... (laughs) It's her color. It's the color. I can't do her. You do her. It's it's the color of the blood (laughs) rushing to your private parts. (laughs) Why can't I do that? I wish I could. (laughs) But it's going up and out of your head. It's a... (laughs) <laughs> but I think maybe she has man cords because obviously well, she's you 55 years old. And I mean, and this? Yeah, she's 55 it's years no old. I wonder why she's so horny. She's 55, 55 and she's living with a bunch of girls. So Blair comes into the kitchen and she is all happy and proud of herself because she says, I have done it again. I've given Jerry a night to remember. And she even says, It was so sweet. They. Uh, they were at each other's side. They danced. They even the danced. Slow yeah. dance. And she said... Yeah, she it, was made a big deal about that, that they even danced a slow dance. Slow dance. Yeah. And she said it was like a regular date. He was so gracious. And so it is clear that Blair is talking like he was... Pretending. Doing this out of pity, that yeah. he was throwing her, forgive the expression, throwing her a bone yeah. by taking out the girl with the disability. Um. So then Jerry comes in. Hi. And Mrs. Garrett says, I'm really happy to hear that you two hit it off. And Jerry responds, hit it off? Did Romeo and Juliet hit it off? Yeah, what kind of line is that? Who writes that? Who writes that? So she says, they're going to spend the day tomorrow up at Sunset Ridge. Bom, bom, bom. That's like love is lame. Yeah, that's like, that's where people go to bone. And, um, <laughs> and of course, who knows that? Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> Natalie's eyes get really big, and all of a sudden, she's got to rush she, to the bathroom to make herself clean I again. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, anyhow, she's like, um, and then Jerry goes up to bed. I have to point this out that you realize the girls are here working in the cafeteria. Because they're on probation. They did some stuff and some damage that they have to work off to pay the school back. Okay. Rather than get expelled, Mrs. Garrett has taken responsibility for them. Oh, 
Oh, this and is they why are, they're all there. That's why they're all. That's why they're not they're all, all the naughty same children. Age. They're naughty children. They live in what Wait, used to be. Wait, led by Mrs. Garrett, who's the naughty woman. Is this really a good oh, supervisor way? Really? Wow. Is it really? This show has this, a terrible role model. Is this a? Is this a? You know, good example for our children. <laughs> no, no wonder men in the eighties didn't know what consent was. They thought all women were horny, like the Facts of Life cast. They still do. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, there's funny and sad and true. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. But um, I have to point out that we've had this happen before where someone is staying with them. Jerry has stayed with them before. Right. And it's like, where does she stay? So, so she goes up to bed, but there's that lingering question that I still put out into the universe. Where did people stay when they stayed upstairs over the cafeteria? Mrs. Garrett has her room and the girls, four of them live in a room like a single bedroom. The same room. They're all crammed in. Yeah, They are. They're all in the same room. All four girls in the same room. Maybe I don't know where the- there's a closet of something. I, I don't know. I-, I it's it is one of the greatest mysteries of the FOLCU Facts, okay. Facts of Life Cinematic Universe. Oh my gosh, you're way too involved, but I, I love it. I, I kind of I kind of like it with my NPR voice. Yeah, that's yeah, okay, we good. can go there. Yeah, and then no sooner does Jerry leave than Blair is crazy upset. No, like this isn't how it's supposed to go. Jerry's in love. He led her on. How could he do that? He is gonna break her heart. Yeah, so it's all about him doing something to her. Well, why? It's her. she's responsible with, for her own love, without, right? Without regard to, you know, you can talk to her, right? You know that she can hear. You know that you can say to her, "Don't you think you need to be a little more careful with being?" Or, or I see you're really smitten, right? You and know, but, I, but do you think he feels? Like, What's wrong with being smitten? I know. And it's, what's that's wrong right. with so getting... say, do you think he feels the same way? It's like, ah, don't get too crazy now. Just have a good time. Okay, sure. You know what I mean? You can, there, there were certain. Yeah, but lots of people don't want to, a lot of people don't want to see people have success in love. And I think Blair is the example of that because she is so self-centered and it's only happened to her. And we go, if you fast forward to the one thing, have you ever had somebody leave you or whatever? And she gives that look. It looked like. Like, no, I'm no. pretty. I don't ever have yeah, that. Never. But I think she probably has and just hasn't seen it. So I think in all of that and, regard, she... And, and I'm the one yeah. going a little too deep, am I? Just saying, the facts of life have really touched okay. me deeply. <laughs> but the deal is, <laughs> well, the tide has suddenly turned. Yeah. And Blair, without any concern for Jerry having her own agency... Right. ...is convinced that this is going to end badly and Jerry's going to get hurt and that is the worst thing in the world that she could let happen because she basically feels like she arranged this whole party, which she didn't. And she feels responsible for her cousin because her cousin has disability. Yeah. But the thing is, and, and we get there a little bit later, but one of the things is, I think the episode would have been better if at the beginning, this whole thing of Blair looking uneasy about Jerry being there when they, when Jerry first says I'm All going right. to the party and and when we have that scene when the two of them after he gets the punch bowl when Mr. Palmer is there Blair says to him I think I'm feeling sick and I'm thinking I may not make the party and then he says oh it's too bad because I'm going with Jerry and she's like oh well I feel better now so was she 
thinking that he wanted fake sickness because she didn't want to go to the party if Jerry didn't have a date. It was very, very well, confusing. Well, and does Blair have a date? Yeah, Blair was Blair. I've seen party. We've had parties where Blair had a guy on each arm. Okay. Including a dude that looked like Tony Orlando. Okay. It's like, I, I'm convinced it might have been. So, so was she saying that in order to, in order to make her cousin, not go then, right? I I, I don't know. It's that wasn't very clear. Yeah, and and at first I thought it was because she liked him. Oh. And that's it, that was my first impression, but that's not what it really showed up as. No, that's not how it read. Yeah, the way. But it, you're like, what do you? The way it could have, should have read is she should have been thrilled that Jerry was there. The the first time we saw cousin Jerry, we were basically dealing with this same shit of Blair acting not happy that Jerry's there, and we think it's because she's embarrassed about her disability. And we later find out it's because she's jealous. It's because when Jerry was around, because of the disability, Jerry was always the focus of attention. Oh, that's in the first episode? That's in the first time we meet Cousin Jerry. So Blair's lesson that she learns is that she needs to get the fuck over herself. Okay. But what she doesn't learn by this episode. Yeah. And at the end of this episode, the lesson that Blair has learned is the right lesson but it should have they telegraph that from the first minute when jerry says i'm going to the dance it should have been i'm going to the dance great awesome terrific and then we're trying to find you a date and then never say i've got a date then never say oh my god even better terrific you've got a date right and then and then get worried have the tide turn when it's like um, and take away the whole, I did it for her. I gave her a night to remember. Her yeah, being but that's so just her damn self-centered awful per- and arrogant. Yeah. Her awful personality. Yeah, but to have her say, I was really happy to see her with a man, and she looked like she was having a good time, and I think it was really nice of him to take her. Right. Not, not a leading her on, not a, uh, he was being gracious, doing something clearly horrible that he was tolerating in the name of being a nice guy. If she had just said, I think it was so nice of him to take her and she had a good time and then have it be like, whoa, whoa, there's much more going on here. And now I'm worried my cousin might get hurt. And that's what kicks in the reverting to her. Fuck, Jerry, I'm sorry. I forgot. I can, you're still a person and I need to remember that. And this just got me so upset, the idea that someone might hurt you. I forgot that. That That's a been. different message. Then it's a different message. Yeah, you're that right. Whole thing. I it's fixed complete... this episode. Oh, my gosh. Should we can get in our time back? machine? Can we go back and do it? Can, can we? <laughs> no, but right? That, that would have been a much more positive and much better. And more believable in that I'm, I'm not a complete asshole from the first minute. Right. It's like she she give the two of them a good relationship to start the episode that then starts to fall apart because something is challenging it, because a new element has been added. That's good writing that we don't have here. It's the facts of life. It is the best to come in the world. <laughs> um, all right, girl. All right. It is now commercial time okay. during the commercial i'd like yes. to get to know my guest oh I right. what do you want to re- know what I, do you want to know um i want you to give me mm. the um I, I do a little james lipton where i just simply go so where were you born okay um elmhurst illinois elmhurst illinois midwestern gal yes you said earlier 
uh, that you are from an immigrant family. Yes, my both my parents and my two sisters emigrated from Denmark. Denmark, hence Andersen with the, the E-N. Yes. You were the first born here. I'm the country, only one that said? can be president. You're welcome. You're the... <laughs> <laughs> Which was their plan, their diabolical uh, yeah. plan all along. Yeah. Um, and so That'd you were raised in present. Illinois. Yeah. Now, you're, you are a comedic interactive actress. You are an actress. You are a singer. You are a dancer with a capital D. Where did you train? How did you... What, what brought you to the theater? And then, like, did you pursue a degree... And it my sister came home with tap shoes. Uh-huh. And when I was in the fourth grade, I told her I did this story in my cabaret show. And I might have Did you? I might have even told I might have even talked about it in that in, other podcast. On Sarah's um, podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I was told in the fourth grade, uh, you know, when they come and they want to do all the, the band, they want to decide what instrument you're gonna play. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because I'm like, I wanna play the drums. <laughs> and they're like Girls don't play drums. You can't, no. You, you can play the oboe or the clarinet or the flute. flute. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking play those stupid in- instruments. I want to play the drums. Uh-huh. And so they handed me a clarinet. And I was like, yeah, I did hmm. And I, never, I was never interested in it. My sister, she went and took dance classes. She was nine years older than I. And she came home with these tap shoes. And I'm like, hey, those things make noise. Yeah. And they're, that's kind of like, I want to do that. Uh-huh. So I started dancing. So you started dancing. I started dancing in a little, in a little garage uh, studio mm-hmm. that had a beam in the middle of it, so you couldn't really leap. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but I was but I was a tapper. I wasn't really. I was kind of put into the classes with my sister because it was just easier. Yeah. There was basically I don't know twenty five people in the dance school or something <laughs> like that. And you were like nine or uh, eight. Eight or I nine. I started when I was eight. Whew. Yeah, that's and crazy. Uh, but I, I was a tapper, and I was really I should have been a musician because uh-huh. I think that's why I gravitated towards tap. Um, Cool. Took stuff, and then I was, you know, I quit dancing in high school because I was on the pom-pom squad, and I did the school musicals, and then they found out I was funny, and so then I was just kind of cast into funny, quirky things, and uh-huh. I, you know, my mom always said that she goes, I, I knew when you were, I knew when you were little that you were, you would be a comedian, you'd be funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? We'd, we'd done the whiz, and I had this bird costume, and I figured out how to make the, there was like this little beak thing. It was yeah. like this head hooded thing <laughs> with the beak sticking out, and I figured out if I could put my chin on it, I could make the bird oh. talk. Oh. And I made the bird talk, and the audience laughed, oh. and I was hooked. Yeah. My mom's like, you, you saw that the audience would laugh at you, and you took that, and you'd run. So mm-hmm. um, I've always wanted to be a singer, oddly enough. And you sing. Um, I do sing, singer. but but you know that's why I, I was like when I was a kid. I loved my. I loved the microphone. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> or the hairbrush that you <laughs> yes, were pretending yeah. was your microphone. Yes. Um, I was fascinated with that, but um, but I took dance classes and I was coordinated. I mm-hmm. like I like doing that. And so after high school, did you just go straight out into the professional world? I I went and I begged for a uh, dance scholarship at. Uh, Gus Giordano's in downtown Chicago and mm-hmm. I used to go six days a week and I was like I'm here six days a week and they gave me a half scholarship because wow. I missed the auditions or whatever so I yeah. did that for a while and then I got a job on a cruise ship singing mm-hmm. and I was petrified because I was like I had to actually sing and I had no you know nobody in my family was a, a performer or anything so I really I was like wee yeah. I'm going on a cruise ship well, uh, when you're young that's the time to do it because yeah. you're you don't know what you don't know don't, well but I I was I was really not professional enough but 
you know, you learn some things there. I was only there for three months. Yeah, you do it, but but you learn it as you go. That's that's. The, and then I went home the... for yeah, went home for a year, and uh, uh, the man that I met on the cruise ship, mm-hmm. I ended up um, moving in with him in, in Orlando, mm-hmm. and we lived together six years, and then we got married, and we were together t- ten, mm-hmm. ten years of marriage, so sixteen years total. Wow. Um, he was a musician. Uh huh. So. Um, and then from that, I guess I was at Beauty and the Beast. I danced. Uh-huh. I danced for a while, or I did the German beer garden, and I was a singer, two-day singer, three-day dancer, and I don't, you know, I learned how to yodel. That was delightful. Hey, that's fun. Nice. But then, uh, and yeah. And that's been, that's all, you know, and you I'm work just for the kind, mouse. I'm kind of one of those lucky people that people go, hey, you're funny. Why don't you come do this? Oh, okay. And yeah. then I get in there, and I'm like, I don't know how to memorize a script. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't understand funny, and then I would have people like, Lisa, mm-hmm. who would teach me how to be funny. Lisa Wolf Pankow, yes. friend of the podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh, she was totally amazing and yes. taught me how to be funny. I love her for that. Yeah. Well, I am so happy that you were able to um, make the time to be here. I always thank people for making the time because we actors are so busy. So let's come back from commercial now. Okay. So now we come back to the cafeteria. Okay. The girls are cleaning up the dishes. It's obviously still the weekend because they're in their street clothes. They're not in their school uniforms. Oh, okay. Look at you being all perceptive. Yeah. And this is the morning after. Okay. The party. Mm -hmm. So it's still the weekend. So the party was either Friday or Saturday, and now this is Saturday or Sunday. Um, And they're cleaning up the dishes. I comment frequently about how they're supposed to be preparing the meals for an entire girls' school. How often we do not see food. Oh. I should say, how rarely we see food. It's expensive to put that on the set. Yeah, you could, but you have a props room. There's got to be rubber steaks in there. Or, well, yeah. You know. Anyway, you notice that what they're picking up are dishes with crumpled up napkins on them. So every single student at Eastland is a member of the Clean Plate Club. <laughs> and their but napkins they're paper wasters. They are paper wasters. <laughs> napkins are clean, not a not a oh. lipstick mark or anything. It's just props just crumpled. There was crumpled, crumpled napkins. So Blair is completely annoyed and kind of slamming things around. And they're like, what is the matter? What's going on? And of course, it's Joe going, what is wrong? And she's like, I'm still mad at that teacher. He's a, and she said, you just said he was a fox. Well, he's sly and sneaky. So now she's like, I've changed my opinion. And um, at one point, she refers to him as a, she says, oh, leading her on and taking her out to the dance and showing her a time like that, acting like a do-gooder. And Natalie says, huh, having a date with him would do me some good. <laughs> oh, wait, that's why. It's the gay man line. Yeah, that's, that's, why. that's, that's it. it. Natalie, that's, Natalie does the gay man line. Yeah, if, if we were on the show, we'd be like, yeah, go on a date with do me some good. Oh, oh. <laughs> the, Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I, I see it now. The Paul Lynn. That's it. She got the Paul Lynn Charles yeah. Nelson Riley. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> So through the course of this scene, Blair kind of turns the tide with Tootie and Natalie to make them think ill of him also. Yeah, she's now, a little manipulator. I told her she was a bitch. I hate her so much. I don't much. like her, and she's, her hair still hasn't moved. Yeah. I don't even care if she's in her... In her robe, and no. she's still her hair is in that sprayed do. Yeah, and and her voice is doing that that inflecting, which is really annoying too. So she we does are have not, pretty eyes. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna she's say, pretty. She's, I'm she's, sorry. She's got pretty everything, but we're just not loving her character in yeah, this episode. It's okay. not a good player episode. Um, and I will also as another sidebar, uh, Mindy Cohn, she's looking very slim. 
yeah. in a fairly form-fitting long-sleeve uh, t-shirt, stretchy jersey kind of a shirt with horizontal stripes, no less. Who does that? Okay, then Mr. Palmer comes in, and so does Jerry, and then uh, they're going to do their date that they planned about, which was going to Sunset Ridge, which is kind of like a romantical right, make-out right. point. And he says, and did you bring your something for the day? Yeah. And what is it, like clothes or something to wear for the day and for the evening? And they were oh. like, evening? What? <laughs> and she's like, we're going to have a picnic. So after they leave, Blair goes on this, get out your motorcycle. We're going to follow them. Blair is losing her fucking mind over not trusting what is going to maybe happen on this date. And why does she feel like she has to be the mother to the 23-year-old? Because she's... Disability. disability. That's the word I... You and I were talking about how um, when they were trying to do a show with a message like this, Mm -hmm. how they would do it. And yet at the same time, they wouldn't be politically correct about it. They would be so blunted. Like the fact that this show is about, <laughs> this show is about remembering to treat a person who is handicapped <laughs> right. like they're a normal person. And the fact that handicapped, it's time, it's of the essence, it's of the, I don't know. Let's not talk about this. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting punchy too here, oh, I think. Oh. So next we go to the final scene of the show. And um, it is daytime. They're all in their bathrobes, in their pajamas. Clearly, no one at Eastland eats breakfast on the weekends because they should be preparing an entire meal for the entire school. Right. Even on the weekends, people eat three meals a day. But they're all hanging out wondering where Jerry is because... She (laughs) she, hasn't shown up. She hasn't shown up. She is 12 hours late. And it is very funny how, on one hand, Blair is like... Where are they? What's going on here? And the others are like, oh, they're probably just having fun. Oh, why are you making such a fun? It's like, no, when you're 12 hours late. 12 hours is 12 hours. That's that's where you should be concerned. Right. And That's missing person late. Yeah, exactly. Even though they say 24 hours. But that's, but that's where, when you start worrying. That's when you 12. get into a car and say, I know exactly where they were going. Let me go there and see if they are there. Right. I mean, yeah. But, but this is before cell phones, right? Oh, God, yeah. So. But it's a sitcom, so that's why you would go looking for somebody. <laughs> um, anyhow, Joe beautifully says, hey, look, I'm sure they're fine. If they weren't, we would have heard something from the police. police or the morgue. Or a hospital. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> right, like, or a hospital. Oh, God, I never even thought of that, says Blair. Um, so then Jerry, for all intents and purposes, floats in. Yes, because she's... Uh, has she? Mm, has she? <laughs> Joy is making the <laughs> finger finger in the fist movement to simulate intercourse. Did she do that? Did, did they? Did is that she, why she's flying so high? Is, that, she, is she flying so high? Because she just got the D. She, she got the big D. Yeah. Um, we don't know that. But the deal is... It's insinuated, is it not? She's 23. Maybe, but I she's mean, been gone 12 hours longer. But what did they like fuck in the car? I mean, they didn't. She said they go to a hotel. Come on, it's the 80s. It's the, did, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you have Did you have sex outside in the 80s, Joy? No. Was that a thing? No. I know. I certainly not in the 80s. Did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Mrs. Garrett says, would you girls excuse us? I want to talk to Jerry. And Blair includes herself in that and says, I want to talk to Jerry too. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, earlier. Mrs. Garrett, this is where, and this is where Mrs. Garrett does state explicitly, Jerry is not a child and we're not her parents. She's 23 years old. Right. She's a guest here. She's not a prisoner. Though she, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. Though, though she could have called. She does say that. Right, though she right. could. It's like, yeah. And I don't think you're on a line to have that expectation when you're staying somewhere. Right. I'm not going to be there tonight, so you don't worry. Right. But anyway. So then just as the girls are leaving, Joe beautifully leans in to, <laughs> to Jerry and says, hey, if you need help busting out, I'm going over the wall at midnight. <laughs> booyah! See? She's my favorite character. Uh, Joe is the... These she's episodes... A, she's a fucking tough cookie. So in this confrontation that now is happening... Right. We do get the, why didn't you call? Or Jerry might have even said, I'm sorry I didn't call. Mrs. Garrett gets really kind of pissed off at her and is being paired. She just says in the prior scene, well, she's shaking to whatever she wants. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how she said it. You know... <laughs> But then she sits there and is like, well, you didn't call. Yeah, I could have called. <laughs> and she's like, well, I was going to call, but then it was too late. And, and then it was and too, and early. too early. Disability getting the D. Um, she puts the D. Mr. Palmer puts the D in disability. She got the big D. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Um, anyhow, we're going to hell. We, okay. we have a, the, the best line, and you could sense the audience wanted to kind of applaud, but it was such a good, the scene was intense with them kind of being confrontational. But um, uh, Blair says, look, and she's like... Jerry is like, Blair, why are you acting this way? And Blair says, because, Jerry, you don't know about men and you don't have a lot of experience. I didn't want you going out with this guy just because you were grateful that he asked you. And, she, and Jerry beautifully retorts with, grateful? He's lucky I went. Right. And there's a little delayed reaction, but you could sense that they were like, oh, yeah. fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck Yeah. And um, and it's a great line, and it's true. It's very true, and it's kind of the turning point in the conversation where but that's it's... kind of true of the era, anyways. Take away, take away the disability. disability, yeah. And and it's and it's that anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that that you know we have we have men who are supposed to ask somebody out on a date. We have men that are supposed to ask you to marry them. We have men that are taking supposed to take the responsibility, and it's the men get to choose. The yeah. women. It's... And women are socialized to defer to that and yeah. sit around and wait for the men right. to make the decisions right. for them. Not I, cool. I love that so much. Because <laughs> I'm a dainty flower. <laughs> <laughs> and then this this moment is then kind of, we're brought back to the reality of crappy writing. Oh. With Jerry imparting on Blair, look, when I learned to roller skate, I, I got hurt. I, I, I fell and I got hurt. Yeah. I learned to ride a bike. I fell and I got hurt. But now, I know how to roller skate and ride a bike. And get the big D! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I think referring to the D is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so thank you for rolling with us. Um, Mrs. Garrett puts in her two cents saying, rejection is a risk that all of us run when we... You have to say it like her, though. Oh, rejection is a risk we all run when getting... <laughs> you... I don't think anyone's been as amused... Just because I'm sitting here with Mrs. Garrett, listening to her, her listening to her awkward line read. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's but more it's fun. all about working the upper and the lower I with know. the vibrato. It's. I know. See, but it's much more effective when it's like you know. It, I've been cultivating it my whole life. It's good. It's I've, good. I have lived for this. Moment. Okay, so what did she say? She says it's no something idea. that everyone learns. <laughs> Everyone's got to fall on their ass. <laughs> fucking get up. <laughs> Let them fucking do it. Oh, my God. How much would you want to see Mrs. Garrett just say, shut the fuck up, Blair. <laughs> Joe, you're being a bitch again. <laughs> oh, my God. We are getting very punchy. Okay. Um, okay. Um, this is where Blair does kind of fess up and say, well, I was doing all this because I, well, I, I wanted to protect you. And I guess I can't do that really. And then thankfully the show does refer to the fact that we have had issues with this in the past and the other one particular upper she's Jerry's been on twice before, but she was just like a little side character in it. But it wasn't about her. It wasn't about her. No. Um, but the deal is, Blair does say, I'm still making mistakes when it comes to you. So her apology is that I've made mistakes in the past and I'm still doing it. And So does that line make up for the whole episode of her being like that? Mm, I don't think so. Is that what the writers think? But I think so. And then Jerry says, and she says, maybe some point, maybe at some point I'll get it, is what she alludes to. Mm. And Jerry says, oh, that's all right, Blair. You're worth the wait. It's like, it's terrible. <laughs> and uh, back to the finger in the fist movement, Joy. <laughs> You're worth the wait. Uh, Awkward, can't yes. get clean. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's that's. This is where the writing gets cheesy, mm. cheesy bad. So then it's like, well, ah, Blair has apologized. Jerry has forgiven her. And now she says, well, just do me this. We need the final joke of the of the show to button it all and right. bring it home before they bring down the curtain of the vaudeville house. Where she says, well, just do me a favor. If you're going to break his heart, wait till after my French exam. Yeah. Anyhow. See, I was, and I think I was thinking during the episode, too, that they they didn't do laugh tracks. I was doing a live audience, correct? Correct. And, and it probably could have benefited from a little bit of a laugh track. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that many times here. Oh, Mrs. So what Garrett. do we think about this episode as a whole? What did you, did you learn a lesson? Do you think that this is something that uh, modern audiences can get anything out of? Do you, yeah, I, I think, mean, I think if you, I think if you rewrote it and to, to be a little bit more, you know. Yeah, it basically does the does the message of it hold up? 
I think. And I, I think the, the message holds up, but like so many of these, this happens all the time. The message is good and well-intended, but the execution is often clumsy or yeah. naive. And this can apply to a gay kid. This could uh-huh. apply to, yeah. you know, uh, an, an amputee. This could apply, you know, whatever. I have a veneer that sticks out. You know, wh- uh, whatever it is, you know, whatever yeah. it is that you feel like you're, you're. I mean, obviously, that's a little more severe than what other people might have to deal with. Yeah. But, but I, what I love about it is that she's the, you know, the the episodes about her learning about about Blair learning that she was she was leading them all down the wrong path of not trusting somebody who's fully capable of making their own decisions. Yeah. And Jerry really was not aware of Blair's disapproval. Only that scene before they go off on their date does Jerry get any type of Blair's negativity. And we have a constant problem with this in every sitcom is read the room where people are clearly upset and you are oblivious to it. That's where... Maybe something could have been said, Blair, is everything okay? At which point one of the others should have said, Blair is just in a really rotten mood because she has found a split end. You guys go and have a great time. Like Joe would have said that. Right. And then send them off. So then when they get back and Blair is in full on, I forbid you to see him mode. This is where Jerry should have had some sense of... what, Where I, is this what, coming from? Yeah, what what is wrong with you? It's where, like, he's, why? yeah, he, he's leading you on and he's going to break your heart. And that's where Jerry could say, um, I think that's up to me to decide. But anybody in Jerry's situation, you know, you can have anybody in that situation. And it's still inappropriate for Blair to be saying, I don't think you should go yeah. out with this person. You know, I mean, how how often is that the case with Everybody and anybody who goes out with anybody. Yeah. I don't see you with them. Well, you're not in their shoes. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is it's like, why take a date that could be just a pleasant time and immediately jump to, he's going to break her heart after they're married for five years and have two (laughs) kids together. It's like, or they could just go on a fucking date and you could leave it alone and see how it plays out. Let people live their life. Yeah. And like I said, even earlier on, say... You know, when she says, did Romeo and Juliet get along? That's where you could be like, okay, slow your roll, bitch. You could, <laughs> you, you could, you could, why don't you just see where it goes? He's nice and you like him. Continue to pursue right. making sure how you like him and that he is nice. Well, but you also have a half an hour to, you know, make yeah. points and, and tell an epic story. Yeah. In and the facts of life. And you're in, only in town for the weekend. Yeah. And you want to get the D. I think I think this is on par with some of the better episodes. It's not one of the best, but I think it's better because we do have those moments where, like when Jerry says, he's lucky. I said I would go. Those are those moments have such power, I think, that they obliterate the fact that it is not a good Blair episode. As far right. as Blair's behavior, though she does learn her lesson. Uh, we were just looking at a couple of the clips. That's Those were edited out of the show. But we were watching some and being reacquainted with some of Mrs. Garrett's <laughs> mugging and reaction. Aww. And it's like, woo, this is a broad show for Charlotte Ray. Um, but uh, it's still, it's a solid season three show yeah, where the show I'm, is. 
I and really love the message of people are who they are, and you got to accept them, and you have to trust that they know their life. Yeah. And and if they're capable, and and you have to let people be capable. Yeah. And maybe the little sort of sub-message that they could have further polished it with is, um, Blair, I have cerebral palsy, but I still can think for myself and I can still make my decisions and I'm not stupid. Right. And the idea of, yeah, a person has a disability. It is called a disability for a reason. Do they need something extra? Is there something more any of us can contribute to lighten their load of whatever they are dealing with? Right. But sometimes I think it's the, it's it's the overarching concept of disability means you can't do anything. Right. And I think um, maybe they could have put in a little something about that there too, but you know. But I think it could be tweaking. We're talking the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, because it was the 80s, our expectations are very low. Oh. As they were for our own selves back in that decade. (laughs) Well, Joy. Yes, David. I never thought I'd say this. Uh Uh-oh. But good night. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That is is a joke that apparently Judy Garland said that to... um, Elaine Stritch after an all-night bender, oh. like they were out, and Julie said, "I never thought I'd say this." Good, Good night. night. <laughs> That's the best nice. line it's ever. Great. But no, I mean that, and I mean that in the most delicious, positive way possible. This could. We've had so much. We we've shared. I'm I, so glad to be uh, invited. Thank you. Um, I have loved every minute of this. It is going to kill me having to edit this and bring this down and this trying to so decide weird. what to keep and what not to keep. And Don't keep the dirty parts. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them in a separate place. <laughs> oh, so. touching me inappropriately. <laughs> it's, uh, now, if you'll excuse us, I've got to go help Joy up a stepladder. <laughs> Goodbye, my darling. Come back soon. Yay. And there you have it. That was Joy Anderson. God, I had so much fun with her. If you want to hear more stories from Joy, in particular details about her time as a Rockette, I highly recommend her guest spot on the Hi, I Think You're Nice podcast, which is uh, my friend Sarah Hanchar's podcast. I will post a link to that on the website and in the show notes. Another thing about Joy that uh, we we started to, she brought up and I interrupted her and it wasn't until I was editing did I hear her mention it and I went, oh crap, we we didn't even talk about it, that we have a picture. It's one of my most prized possessions, actually. Our friend Mark Collins had a big blowout for his 40th birthday party a couple of years back and he wanted to do it as a 1980s headbanging hairband kind of a theme. And uh, leave it to actors to say, ooh, it's a costume party. So I showed up dressed as Boy George. Joy showed up dressed as Cher. And, of course, you know my obsession with Cher. I said, we are taking some pictures together. And we have a couple of amazing shots that I will post and share on the website. (laughs) Cher, see what I did there? And uh, I just absolutely love those pictures. One uh, other point I wanted to make for all the talking we did and all of the footage I had to edit, um, we missed the point that Blair says to Jerry, 
you don't have any experience with men. You don't understand. And Jerry comes back with her saying, yes, I do. And I think they even say it twice. I think Blair says, you do? And she's like, yes, Blair, I've had experiences with men. So Jerry, out and out, tells Blair, bitch, I'm not a virgin. And by the way, Blair, you are. So you're the one that doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. So uh, that's an additional point there to be made, that not just disabled people can think for themselves, but disabled people also can enjoy sex. <laughs> oh, God. The, the letter-writing campaigns are starting as I speak here. It's crazy what's happening to our society in 1981. Anyway, let's move on to next week. Next week. I'm going to be watching season three, episode 11. It's entitled Legacy, and my guest is going to be a returning friend, actress Trinell Mooring. Glutton for punishment, returning for more. Cannot wait. That's all for this week's show. Thank you so much again for listening. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>